You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. You are now locked into the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is Tuesday, September 21st, 2021, and as such, it is time for a visit from our resident voice of reason here on your daily home for news, notes, and analysis on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. And Pats fans, don't forget that the Locked On NFL Draft podcast has relaunched as of September 20th with brand new hosts. Eric Crocker brings the player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings and salutations, Patriots Nation. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Tuesday episode of the pod. My name is Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated. I am also your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which, of course, is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, your comments, your feedback are always welcomed and very much appreciated. So share that feedback. Send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there doing some Tuesday traveling through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, it's almost time to start turning our attention towards Sunday's Week 3 matchup with the New Orleans Saints, but not just yet. There are still some details to dissect regarding the Patriots' Week 2 victory over the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Quarterback performance, overall offense performance, and of course, defensive performance. And what better way to evaluate? I mean truly evaluate the Patriots' performance on the field on Sunday than with a reasonable and level-headed approach. Luckily for us today, it's Tuesday, and that means a visit from our resident voice of reason, my Patriots Paisan and good friend Steve Balistrieri of PatsFans.com is my guest today on the pod, and Steve and I will be discussing the Patriots' offensive and defensive prowess. We'll delve into Mac Jones's performance and, of course, talk about the prolific Patriots secondary and all points in between. An action-packed agenda on the pod today as we get Steve's thoughts on Sunday's win over the Jets and we take an early look at this week's Week 3 matchup against the New Orleans Saints. Our resident voice of reason, Steve Balistrieri, joins the hot seat when this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Hello again, Patriots fans. This is Mike DeBate with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas, every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free, then use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And here's the best part, there's no catch. 
The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and even other brands. So, don't delay. Do it today. Download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Use the code TOUCHDOWN when you download GetUpside. Locked On listeners, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit, just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Patriots fans, we continue to absorb and digest the New England Patriots victory over the New York Jets in week two of the 2021 NFL season. And to help us get a better idea of exactly how the Patriots did on the field last Sunday is our resident voice of reason here to lend his wisdom and counsel the way only he can. One of the best, one of the most knowledgeable columnists that you will find in anywhere in Patriots media. You know his great work from patsfans.com, as well as being the co-host of not one, but two amazing podcasts, Patriots 4th and 2, and of course, One Patriot's Place. He is my Patriots paisan, and despite what he will tell you, worthy of all the praise he gets and then some, my good friend Steve Balistrieri once again joins me here today on his regular spot on Locked On Patriots. Thanks for coming back to the pod, bud. Oh, as always. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to our talks every week. And now we're talking about a win, which is always a lot more fun. Absolutely. Uh, always my honor. Always my pleasure to welcome you here on the pod. I love when we have you in on Tuesdays. Uh, Murph sets the tone for the week and kind of kicks everything off. And Murph was in a better mood than he was one week ago. So a win <laughs> always, always puts people in uh, greater spirits, I guess is the better way to put it. And uh, Patriots fans are certainly in good spirits this week uh, as they even up their record. Now 500 Patriots sit at one and one. They'll be taking on the one-and-one New Orleans Saints in a little bit, and we'll get to those Saints in just a minute, but we haven't quite taken our leave of the Jets yet. And over the weekend, Steve, a lot of people talked about the Patriots needing this win, having it be a necessary win, maybe even a must-win to avoid an 0-2 hole, not just in the AFC, but also in the AFC East, the division hotly contested this year. Obviously wide open, the Buffalo Bills getting back, you know, into the swing of things. The Miami Dolphins looked rough this weekend. Uh, AFC East is kind of wide open right now, even though I still consider this to be the Bills decision, uh, the Bills, excuse me, the Bills division to lose. Um, there is still uh, a lot to play for. And the Pats came out knowing that they needed a win. It's very easy to sit here 
a couple of days after the game and be able to critique the performances of what we saw on the field. But let's face it, it's our job and we have to do it. And in my opinion, very few, if any, do it better than you, my friend. So we're going to take a look into that Balistrarian crystal ball with hindsight being 2020. And we're going to take a look at some of the grades and how you've graded some of the Patriots' performances. But no better place to start than the quarterback position. It is the most high-profile position in all of sports. There's no question about it. And it is also the hot topic in and around New England right now. Mac Jones's performance. Are the Patriots handcuffing him a little bit? Are they not allowing him to throw the ball downfield? Uh, is he having difficulty in the red zone? Why so many checkdowns and short passes? We hear all the criticisms, but for all of that criticism that we hear, I think Mac deserves a lot of credit for not turning the ball over, protecting the football well, and making sure that his team was always in a position to be able to win the game. That's something his counterpart in New York, his fellow rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, did not do. And that was the big difference in this game. When you look at the quarterback position, Steve, what was your assessment of Mac's performance on Sunday? And did it reveal anything about him going forward? Well, I think, uh, you know, there was a couple of reasons behind all the dinking and dunking. And I think, I think the coaching staff is definitely, you know, erring on the side of caution with them. And as I wrote a couple of times since the game, you know, you only have to look at what's happening with the, the Jets right now and see, you know, that as a cautionary tale on, you know, cutting a rookie quarterback too loose, too quickly. Uh, you know, when I, when I looked at Mac's game, I definitely thought he had more rookie moments, um, you know, in this one than he did against uh, Miami. But, you know, at the same time, I give the Jets credit for that. They had a lot of pressure on him. I thought the uh, offensive line, especially in the first half, did a little bit less of a job than we expected them to do. But at the same time, you know, he held on to the ball a little bit too long. He had some opportunities to go down the field. There was some opportunities there. He didn't take them. He erred on the side of caution. And I think, you know, as he gets more uh, comfortable in the NFL game, he's, he's going to start taking those shots. But, you know, I, I look at him, I gave him a B- minus for the day uh, in my uh, positional grades. And I, even I said, I thought that I, I might be uh, cutting him a little slack on that one. It might have been a little tad lower. Um, you know, he, he did complete 22 or 30, but for only 186 yards, but no touchdowns, no interceptions. But the, he had some really nice moments, too. That, uh, that throw he made to Jacoby Myers over the shoulder, I thought that was a beauty. And, um, you know, it, it's just that, that screen game that – um, you know, the dinks and dunks and stuff. It's it's tough for him and his receivers to get down the field. Yeah, without question. I think you're right on the money when it comes to a solid B minus, maybe even a C plus. I could see that uh, in some assessments when you look at some of the opportunities that Mac did let go throughout the game. And let's face it, folks, unfortunately, if you're you know scoring at home, there were plenty of those opportunities that he did leave on the board. Um, pass protection is going to be the culprit. That's going to be where everybody is going to point to. But 
The pass protection was actually a little bit better in the second half than it was in the first. It was so bad in the first that I think it maybe had Mac a little bit gun shy taking those chances down the field. I think he felt he needed to complete passes, get the ball out of his hands quickly and make completions and not turn the ball over considering the pressure that he was under in the first part of the game. So that will mess with a quarterback, any quarterback, whether you're a seasoned veteran or whether you're a rookie like Mac you will get gun shy if you feel yourself under pressure more often than not. And I think that's exactly where Mac was coming from. The double pass, I think a lot of people are pointing to Nelson Aguilar. I was as guilty of that as anybody during the game. We all tweeted out Aguilar was open. Why not hit him? You know, there are different, uh, you know, circumstances where you do, uh, you know, have those moments within games, you know, missing Hunter Henry, uh, you know, on the last play of the first half, uh, he was uncovered. That looked like that could have been a walk-in touchdown. But ultimately, I think Mac erred on the side of caution, and you can't necessarily get on him too much because that perceived pressure did lead to the short passes. Easiest way for Josh McDaniels to try to spark the Patriots passing game was to slow down the Jets rushers, and they needed to do that with short passes off of the screen, you know, doing what they need to do uh, to keep the ball controlled. So for everyone that's getting on Josh about having the training wheels on the, you know, on the, (laughs) on the Patriots offense, uh, I've said that a couple of times, Murph and I talked about it the other day, you watch it with more of a level head and with less of a talking head. And folks, if you've seen the news lately, you probably know who I'm referring to, but I digress, different conversation. (laughs) you know, the mood for another day, but we'll, we'll keep this conservative and we'll keep this respectful, uh, you know, for people that, uh, you know, compared Max, uh, you know, performance to chicken fingers. Um, we all know what he can do with those chicken fingers, but in any case, folks at family show, not going there. Um, let's get back to the, the, uh, the issue at hand. And I completely agree with you that I would like to see maybe Mac get a little more aggressive, make those throws. I think as he becomes more comfortable in the Patriots offense, he will, but, Overall, uh, I give him a lot of credit for maintaining the football and having the field savvy to know, uh, you know, when to make those passes and when not to. And Josh alluded to this when we spoke with him on on, um, on Tuesday. He basically said right down the middle, look, there's not much we're holding back from him. The Jets had a very aggressive defensive front and they needed to uh, uh, the best way uh, that they knew to combat that was to have the game plan that they enacted. And uh, for everyone saying, yeah, the deep shots, Josh addressed that as well, basically saying there's more than just getting back into the pocket and just curling the ball and letting it fly. You have to know when to unleash that type of an attack. And the Patriots did what they felt they needed to do more often than not. So, but, you know, we continue to evaluate and we'll always continue to evaluate, but uh, I place a whole lot of faith in your uh, assessment as well. And I think you're right on the money when it comes to quarterback. I think there was more to like about Mac than there was to dislike about him in this game. And uh, we'll see what happens in week three. Mac is not the only focal point of the offense though. I mean, we've seen this running game and we've talked about this running game being the potential focal point of the offense. And I thought the running game for the most part on Sunday looked pretty good. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, when and how they chose to deploy their uh, their rushers, uh, Damian Harris definitely was the lead back, led the team 62 yards. That 26-yard touchdown was probably on the highlight reel for him for the rest of his career, and it probably will be on the highlight reel, at least for the Patriots' first half. That was a hell of a run. Um, James White still, you know, making plays, uh, you know, 
third, you know, on third down, he continues to be a great option. We've talked about James several times as well. Uh, the tight ends were utilized, I think, a little bit underutilized in this game, but part of that might have been to Janu, you know, it might have been uh, as a result of Janu Smith having the hip injury. Maybe they were a little bit conservative in trying to keep him in check, but bottom line, Steve, this offense still has its issues, but it also has its bright spots. What was your evaluation of the remainder of this offense? What to you stood out for the most part, and where is their biggest area of concern heading into week three? Well, you know, a lot of people are concerned with the uh, wide receivers, but, you know, when you're throwing screens and, and you know, short, quick tosses, you're not going to get a ton of pro- uh, production out of your wide receiver core. So I'm really not concerned with them at this point. They had some plays, as we mentioned earlier, that they were open. I think the same applies to the tight ends. You know, we saw, uh, you know, we saw Mac hit that one big seam pass to Hunter Henry for 32 yards. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, at the end of the first half, he had Hunter Henry going down the field. It looked like he, he might actually have a touchdown there. Um, you know, there was other plays. Jonu Smith, you know, the, they, him and Mac really weren't on the same page on that. Uh, there was one play there that looked like they had some room for yards after the catch. But it, at the same time, you know, uh, I think once they get their act together when it comes to the red zone, you're going to start seeing more production out of these guys. I th- there was another play where I thought Henry was open in the corner of the end zone, but it's easy to see that, from, you know, watching on the couch uh, rather than being on the field. But, Again, these plays are going to come, and I think the, especially the tight ends in the red area, they're going to start seeing a lot more uh, looks coming their way. I'm not really concerned with the wide receivers at this point. I think, you know, right now they're doing what they need to do, and they're playing within the game plan. Um, The only concern I have right now is the offensive line. I I think it's not just the right tackle. You know, um, they're getting – uh, opponents are getting pressure from different spots. Isaiah Wynn's been giving up a lot of pressure. I think, uh, you know, once they get all this settled, and it's going to get better, the offense will be just fine. I, I really think so. I think the running backs, as you mentioned, are, are going to be outstanding, as they always are. And James White looks like James White again. Yeah, he does. James White does look like James White again, and you'll love to see it because White is one of those guys that can really be the catalyst to get this offense going when it's needed most. You saw guys like Julian Edelman and James White do that under Tom Brady here in New England. And I think that returning to that type of offense that these guys were used to thriving in is so important for a guy like James White who's hitting the wheel routes. He's getting the ball on third down. He's getting looks. He was their, their, uh, their leading receiver in terms of targets on Sunday. So, you know, you look at what this kid can do. And I say kid, because I mean, he still is in a lot of ways, but when you look at what this guy does, uh, you know, from a, a leadership perspective, but also on field prowess and being in the right spot at the right time, James White is such a key for this offense. I agree with you on the wide receivers. I think a lot of what we saw from the receivers on Sunday really came from Mac not having much time to throw, making it hard to find them 
down the field. So Mac alluded to this after the game, too. I mean, he even said, you know, I need to get the ball downfield. I will get the ball downfield a little bit more. Um, you know, obviously the Jets defensive line played into that as well, as we've said. I agree with your assessment on the tight ends. Definitely, uh, you know, would like to see them a little bit more involved. And I think Mac, as he continues to get more comfortable in this offense, you'll see it. And the offensive line, obviously, I mean, uh, we know this continues to be a concern over the first two games. Hopefully, we'll see Trent Brown back sooner rather than later. Durant, Heron have not been the platoon that Patriots fans have hoped for, but go back and take a look. And I'm glad that I did, folks. Go back and take a look at some of the game. If you have the opportunity, whether it be through NFL, you know, red zone or whatever, if you got a DVR, whatever, however you'd like to go back and take a look. That offensive line did shore up their protection a little bit, especially on the right side in the latter part of the game. So maybe now that they're getting their feet set and getting a little bit more continuity, it might be a little bit better. But there's no question about it. This team misses Trent Brown, and they'll be glad to see him get back out there. Steve, always spot on analysis, and I thank you so much for giving us your insight when it comes to the Patriots' offensive side of the ball. But, folks, we're not done yet because Steve Balistrieri will offer his thoughts on the defensive side of the ball. What did the Patriots do best on Sunday, and what are the areas of improvement that we're taking a look at as they head into this Week 3 matchup? And speaking of Week 3, we're going to get Steve's thoughts on the Saints when this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another device that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's D-I-R-E-C-T-V.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Locked On listeners, Built Bar, the most delicious, healthy protein bar you've ever tried, has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, and I have folks, believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of you out there, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know about the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. But the best part of Built Bar is not even just the delicious flavors they provide. It's the fact that in addition to them being delicious, they're also one of the most healthy treats available today. Each Built Bar has between 17 and 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories per bar, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, love that name, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and so much more. When you want a treat that's not only pleasing to your palate, but also great for your health, don't delay, do it today. Make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Visit Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Regular Tuesday spot on the pod. And Steve, we're always 
enthusiastic and we're always appreciative uh, when you share your wisdom and counsel, your voice of reason here on Locked On Patriots and spot on analysis and great thoughts when it comes to the Patriots offensive side of the ball, their strengths and weaknesses, and of course, a great evaluation of the quarterback position. But on the defensive side of the ball, Patriots had a decent day. Uh, I thought their linebacking core played strong. I thought their secondary was very good. The defensive line, uh, well, I thought they played well for the most part, but this is a team that had its difficulties defending the run on Sunday. Steve, when you look overall at the Patriots' performance on the defensive side of the ball, how much of their success was attributed to the Jets' futility on offense? What did you like from this defense? And what are the areas of improvement as they move toward Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints? Well, it seemed like uh, to me, you know, they, they got good pressure on Zach Wilson without selling out. They didn't blitz a lot. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> I thought the game plan coming in was they were going to try to keep Wilson in the pocket and squeeze it. And I thought they did that. You know, he was pressured on more than 40% of his snaps. Uh, they, they got four sacks on him. I thought that, you know, he was very careless with the ball on a couple of his throws. Um, I thought the Patriots made a couple of nice uh, plays on balls that were in the air. But, uh, you know, you can't find fault at all with the secondary when they turn in four interceptions, regardless of how the other quarterback is playing. When, when your secondary gives you four interceptions, you just have to smile, check the block. These guys did their job. They were in the position they needed to do, you know, or to be, and, they, you, know, and you move on. I was very happy with the play of the linebackers. I think the linebackers are all over the field right now. Uh, Josh Uche, Matthew Judon. It seems like Judon is in on every play. Uh, I know he had one sack and I think they said six or seven quarterback pressures. It seems like he's in on every play. Uh, the only concern I had early in the game, well, not a concern. It was just, it was a head scratcher. They activated Tashawn Bauer off the practice squad, and early in the game, he was getting a lot of snaps uh, rather than Uche or Chase Winovich, which I thought was very curious. And you alluded to the run defense. That's something that they need to clean up, and we'll talk about it more when we talk about the Saints. But, you know, they gave up 152 yards for a team that was pretty inept the week before and running the football, 4.9 yards a carry. I think it's something that needs to get cleaned up. They have the bodies there for it. They have the talent there. They just need to get it cleaned up. But overall, <clears throat> I was really happy with the play of the linebackers because I believe that, you know, uh, they're, they're, you know, they're all over the field. They're around the football at all times. Even the defensive line, you know, uh, like I said, they were tasked with, you know, uh, keeping Wilson in the pocket, I thought they did that for the most part. Uh, they even got a sack from, you know, Davis, uh, you know, in the middle there. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it, it was a mixed bag for the defensive line. But overall for the defense, you hold your opponent to six points, you get four turnovers. You can't really find too much fault with that. Um, they do have some issues that they need to clean up. 
Absolutely. And I completely agree with you. Again, spot on analysis. I'm so glad that you mentioned Carl Davis's sack. Uh, I had to laugh when uh, Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston postgame said, you'll love to see a defensive tackle register, you know, one of those sacks on the stat sheet every now and then. And it really is. And you really have to root for Carl and, uh, you know, his uphill battle and making the team and really, uh, you know, being a strong contributor uh, thus far and getting in and really playing well on the defensive line. So I'm happy for Carl. I was glad to see him make that play. But you're right. The Patriots need to shore up this run defense, allowing 4.9 yards a carry to a team that was very inept at running the football against the Carolina Panthers in week one. Steve, we talked about it last week. That running game was almost non-existent. So we thought controlling the Jets passing game was going to be the Patriots biggest headache and their biggest uh, uh, difficulty. This is an area where they do need a little bit of improvement along the defensive line, even in the linebacking, uh, you know, core, as much as we all love Dante Hightower, the missed tackle in the second quarter really seemed to frustrate him. Uh, and I think that's something that will come in time, hopefully for the new England Patriots, but uh, they're going to need to act quickly because they have a very strong running team coming in. Uh, in uh, just a bit. And folks, we will get to those Saints in just a moment. But again, I love your analysis of Matt Judon, always in on every play. He looked like he was playing in a little bit of pain. He actually looked like he was limping at times. Hopefully we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, the Patriots re-hit the practice field on Wednesday. Keep a very sharp eye on the injury reports. If you don't see Matt show up, folks, then it's all good. But you see his name out there. It's something definitely monitor as, uh, as the uh, the days come because they're definitely going to need him with the sack, the multiple pressures. He's been a huge factor. And then, of course, uh, Josh Uche, who continues to elevate himself in this crew. Two sacks on Sunday and late in the game. And a uh, special shout out to Juwan Bentley as well, who I thought was excellent in coverage. Uh, he was instrumental uh, in that first uh, interception. Uh, the pressure that he put up the middle forced Wilson, I think, into making a throw maybe he didn't want to make an excellent coverage from the secondary downfield, uh, who I thought played great. And Murph and I talked a lot about the secondary yesterday, folks. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, go back. We'll go into great detail on the Patriots secondary there. But Steve, spot on analysis, as always. So I think there's no better way to take us home today, my friend, than your level-headed expert opinion on what this team needs to do against the New Orleans Saints, specifically taking a look at what the Saints do well and what concerns you most as we head into this matchup. We're going to talk a lot about the Saints this week, folks, so we're just kind of dipping our toe into the pool here right now, Steve, but when you look at both sides of the ball and you look at what this team does well, how do you think the Patriots match up here and what concerns you most from a Pats perspective when it comes to try to either defend the New Orleans Saints or keep them out of the end zone? Well, you know, when you look at the Saints, the first guy that comes to mind is Alvin Kamara. So, you know, uh, he's a dangerous player with his uh, with the football in his hands. I mean, we, we've seen it for years and years. So, you know, when you're looking at a guy like him, okay, so that's – area that the Patriots have struggled the first couple of weeks of the season dating back to last year is stopping the run. If Kamara has a big day, then it's going to be a long afternoon for the Patriots defensively. So I think they really need to focus on stopping him. Now, uh, the other aspect of the defense is um, you look at the Saints have had trouble protecting 
you know, their quarterback. Uh, we, we, we've seen it. Uh, we saw it big time on Sunday. And, you know, that's something the Patriots need to look at. They, they have their issues along the offensive line. They haven't got them sorted out yet. This may be a week for them to take advantage of that and bring some pressure, you know, on the quarterback and maybe first force excuse me, a couple of turnovers. On the flip side of the ball, I think they, you know, they need to loosen up the reins a little bit, um, you know, on Mac Jones and start taking advantage of the plays that are there. I, I, I would really like to see the tight ends attack the seam more this week, you know, and start moving the ball down the field just a tad more and use that running game to set some stuff up. Yeah, without any question, I think you're absolutely correct. Once again, when you think the New Orleans Saints, you automatically think Alvin Kamara, and you have to think that he is going to be such an integral part of what the Saints would like to do, especially knowing that the Patriots had their difficulties defending the run on Sunday. This is an area where the Patriots are going to need to be very diligent in their practice preparations, and we look for that this week. But um, you also make a great, you know, um uh, you also make great points, Steve, when it comes to Jameis Winston, when it comes to what the uh, the, the Patriots are going to need to do to control the passing game. And then, of course, you know, defensively moving the football against this team with, you know, sound secondary. And there's there's still a lot uh, that the Patriots will need to do in order to maintain uh, that type of momentum that they're carrying right now against a very good Saints team. This is a game that the Patriots would unquestionably love to have. Um, for a lot of different reasons. And one of those big reasons is their week four opponent. You don't want to be going in on a down note, uh, down one, you know, with a one and two record uh, with Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champions coming to town uh, and uh, facing off here at Gillette. And uh, still sounds weird every time you say that, that, he's, that Tom Brady's going to be coming into Gillette as an opposing quarterback, uh, but it will be a reality. 12 days from today, folks, we will see that. Steve, what can I say? Uh, we always appreciate your level-headed wisdom and counsel, your voice of reason, gracing the airwaves here on Locked On Patriots, and we look forward to talking to you each and every week. Um, we will do this again on Tuesday, folks, and folks, we didn't get a chance to talk much about Brady and the Bucks in today's episode because we're focusing on the Saints, but uh, it's a safe bet to think that Steve and I are going to have a few stories to swap when it comes to Tom coming to town next week, but in the meantime, uh, if you haven't followed this man yet, please do so. Uh, I highly recommend everything he does, whether it be putting voice to a microphone or pen to paper. It's always top-notch work. Steve, please, for the benefit of our new listeners, let everyone know where they can find you, all your great work, and what you have coming up uh, in the coming days and weeks from the great pen and the great voice of Steve Balistrieri. Well, thanks, my friend. Uh, thanks for all the kind words. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SteveB7SFG. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, uh, I write for PatsFans.com. And, you know, we're, we're all done with the Jets now. We finished our positional grades. That went out this morning. And now we're starting to watch film on the Saints. And we're figuring out how the Patriots might decide to, you know, attack this matchup with uh, – New Orleans, one thing to keep in mind for our listeners out there, you know, traditionally the Saints aren't the same team when they're on the road and playing outdoors. So keep that one in mind when you're looking at this matchup this week. Absolutely. Great insight, great in, uh, information. And again, folks, definitely I cannot recommend highly 
following Steve and the work that he does each and every day, each and every week for Patriots Nation, uh, one of the true unsung heroes and one of the true unsung stars of Patriots media is this gentleman. Uh, and I'm, my greatest honor is being able to call you a friend. And uh, we look forward to talking ball with you again right here next week on Locked on Patriots. So stay safe, stay well, and enjoy the game, this game coming up on Sunday. And we look forward to doing this all again as the Patriots march toward week four. Just like that, Patriots Nation, we are nearly at the midway point in your work week. But fear not, folks, because there is still plenty of Patriots coverage left to come right here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. So to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, download, subscribe to, and follow Locked On Patriots on platforms such as the Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you are staying locked in to Locked On Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend Steve Balistrieri for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you all so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.